Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Well, I came in on Sunday to just do a couple of things, and I walked into a complete mess. I never thought I'd be in the situation, but over the weekend we went downstairs and discovered that our storeroom had flooded. Right now we just got a great donation of firewood from a house neighbor who lives in the area. Um, and I'm just trying to consolidate it close to where we'll I'll be burning it to keep people warm through the cold rainy nights as we were doing last night. So everything flooded and it went up to about 18 inches right through the whole space. The garage door has been a challenge. It was pushed in from the water on the far side. Anything electrical that was on the ground like vacuums, uh, spraying equipment, stuff like that was damaged and sort of beyond repair. We've got a little break from the storm for now, but weather forecasters say we haven't seen the end of it yet. More rain is expected this weekend after back-to-back storms caused by atmospheric rivers pummeled the Bay Area and the state this week, causing schools to shut down and roads and rivers to flood. 20 to 30 feet waves hit the central California coastline, and high winds brought down trees and power lines, leaving 100,000 PG&E customers without power on Wednesday. All along, the South Bay was expected to be one of the hardest hit areas by this storm. That's especially true in East Palo Alto, a low-lying city that was already hit by a New Year's Eve storm, prompting the city to take action ahead of what was to come. Today, a snapshot of one of the most flood-prone cities in the Bay, and what more we can expect in the coming days. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Well, Ezra, it is Thursday morning. I slept 
through the storm pretty well, actually. Where where are you right now and what's what's it looking like where you are? I'm at home in San Francisco and Noe Valley and the rain is coming down pretty hard. Ezra David Romero is a climate reporter for KQED. There's rivers in the streets and things like that. When I came home last night from out my reporting trip, I parked in front of this tree that I normally park in front of, and it wasn't there. So I think it fell over at some point yesterday. So there's things happening all around the Bay Area, and even where I live. Wow, that's wild. I know you went to East Palo Alto because it is an area that is particularly vulnerable. Can you tell me about your recent visit there ahead of the storm? Yeah, I met Vice Mayor Antonio Lopez. Um, you'll see right here, you'll see the part of the San Francisco Creek, which borders our two cities. It's like right on the edge of Palo Alto and Menlo Park, and it's between Highway 101. So it's this western part of East Palo Alto that's just a few blocks, but it's mostly an apartment community. And there's a creek that runs through it. And on New Year's Eve, uh, that creek overflowed. This is already like a deep 20-foot creek. Like you can look down there and the water's way down there. So the water raised a lot. And unfortunately, the timing caught us pretty badly by surprise. You can imagine folks were celebrating with their families on holiday. And um, as you can see here, the biggest issue was the erosion of the soil. Um, it ate off quite a bit of the- It flooded people's homes, it flooded basements, it flooded a bunch of cars. And so when I went there, Antonio and I walked around the neighborhood and he showed me the damage and he showed me all these cars that have just been sitting there because they're basically broken. As you can see, some cars have been moved, but the ones you see here, I almost guarantee you, they're totaled. They can't be moved because the water hit their motor. And can you tell me a little bit too about who is living there and who is most vulnerable when storms like this hit? East Palo Alto is a community of color, has a large Latinx population, black population, even a Pacific Islander population there. And so when the waters come, you know, the people who live there are affected. And these are also like multi-generational families, you know, people, a lot of people living in a small area. So most of our families, uh, tenants, renters, people of lower income, they live in this area. On our walk, Vice Mayor Antonio Lopez told me more about this. As a kid, you grew up here and you see this kind of moat separating folks of wealth or folks like East Palo Alto. You see behind us a Four Seasons, so you see constantly have these kind of symbols of, 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 of haves and have-nots, um, areas where, as a kid, you know, you have this sense of you don't have as much as folks next door, your neighbors. He told me that the last storm that happened just about a week ago now stopped life for many people in East Palo Alto, right? For people, especially in that one neighborhood where next to this creek, you know, a lot of their lives have been altered. He told me that he had helped many people that day or the days after that get stuff out of their car. It was heartbreaking, man. I mean, I had a woman who I was helping out trying to salvage her possessions from her car because the water came up all the way to the window. That's her livelihood. Like, that's how she gets to work. That's how she takes her kids to school. She's pregnant. So, you know, when we hear about flooding, we think we don't really see the, the, the humanity behind it. It takes a toll on you to know that there are people whose lives have been forever changed. There's responsibility action that was taken and not taken and ultimately the best that we can do is to pick up those pieces learn from it and prepare for the next one like this one today 
the goal of me going there was to see what they were doing to prepare this place again for a potential flood today or yesterday or any time in the coming future. What was the mood like? It seemed like everybody was rushing to prepare this area. There was a crew of um, people there that were building a three-foot wall of sandbags and tarp, you know, like an artificial bank to keep the water out. Everyone was just like on watch, and you could tell that they didn't want this to happen again. People were walking the streets in the mud, um, sort of just ready and waiting and sort of praying, actually. I mean, what are the state of things in East Palo Alto now? Have their preparations helped at all? Yeah, I just got a text from Vice Mayor Antonio Lopez, and he said the three-foot sandbag wall they built, like, held together, and it didn't flood in that area. So the people who witnessed that New Year's Eve flooding didn't witness it again uh, last night, and that's a huge positive for this community. Um, It kept people safe. And all that community work really helped out. What do we know about this storm and how it formed? Can you actually kind of explain to me, like, what exactly we're seeing? In atmospheric rivers, they're like these long regions in the sky, the atmosphere that transport water. So that's why they're like called a river, like a river on the ground. They form out in the ocean. And when they reach land, they can spray so much water on the area. It's often referred to as like a pineapple express or like a water hose pouring, dumping water on a region. And that's what we're seeing here. Atmospheric rivers are pretty normal for California. We get them. Last year we had a couple. This year we've had a couple. But the problem is when we have them back to back to back, that can equal flooding. That can equal the devastation that we're seeing, the loss of life. I saw another story in um, the LA Times today that said like levees were breaching in the Central Valley, right? That's when all these issues happen, when there's too much water and the ground doesn't have the time to saturate. There was a study by this group called Pathways Climate Institute here in the Bay Area. They worked the city of San Francisco. And last summer, they came up with a study that said these type of storms are supposed to become as much as 37% wetter by the end of the century. So what we're experiencing right now is supposed to get a lot worse because of the burning of fossil fuels around the world, because of climate change, because of what we as people are doing to our atmosphere. We were just talking about um, East Palo Alto with you, but what areas in the Bay are impacted the most by uh, atmospheric rivers like this? Atmospheric rivers, they don't really have any favorites. Like, it's really wherever the heart of the storm is, that's where it's going to get the wettest. You know, uh, two years ago, Marin City got a lot of that water, and they had all this flooding there of like six feet of water. You know, on New Year's Eve, there was a lot of flooding in... um, East Palo Alto, you know, and then in this storm, we've seen a lot in San Francisco. We've seen a lot in the East Bay, tons over the Russian River. So the scale of these storms are huge. When you look at the satellite imagery, it like covers the entire Bay Area and beyond and part of the ocean. So it's it's hard to say to pinpoint like where is the worst because it could be at many places all at once. Are there any other ways that Uh, climate change could impact these kinds of storms? Are we going to see more of them, maybe? There was another study that came out this summer by Daniel Swain at UCLA. And when I talked to him, the fact that sticks out in my mind is that we could see 
as many as four mega floods by the end of the century. And we often hear that like drought is the worst thing in California, right? Like it's, we're in this perpetual drought and it's this thing that we're all dealing with. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Swain says, you know, what actually could be more devastating to California and the people that live here are these mega floods produced by large atmospheric rivers back to back to back. And so it's really something to pay attention to. You know, all these scientists are talking about how on the other end of the spectrum, we're going to have really, really wet times because of climate change. And, And we are seeing that now. And scientists are saying it's going to become wetter as climate change gets worse and if we don't do enough about it. How many more uh, might we see in the in the coming days? Unfortunately, we're not out of the rain yet. We have at least one more coming on Saturday and one on Monday. I'm not sure about the severity of those, but we've already had a lot of water. And it's still early winter right now, so we, there's still potential for a lot more storms. And in one way, that's good. Like, we need the water in California, right? We want a healthy snowpack. We want our reservoirs full. But when we have so many back-to-back... We have the possibility of loss of life. We have the possibility of mudslides and major flooding, which all can impact people's lives. Well, Ezra, how can folks prepare for what is to come this weekend, or what should they know about staying safe? Atmospheric rivers are huge. They produce a lot of water. They can turn streams into rivers. They can turn roads into lakes. Like They can like wash away homes and sides of mountains. So take them seriously. It's very important to pay attention to your local weather watches, to the news, maybe on Twitter, the National Weather Service. Going back to East Palo Alto, I'm wondering like what you took away from going back there ahead of this storm and and like what you think there is to learn from a low-lying area and also a particularly vulnerable area and what like what can we as a region take away from what's happening there well when i was out at the sandbag site at like 8 p.m on wednesday night and it was raining and it was windy they were like some guys shoveling sand and they just started talking to me about their lives right and how this community comes together and supports each other and that's why even though waters have come many times there, floods have happened, there's, a, there's flooding happening now, the community supports each other. And that was like the vein I, of information I had through the entire day. When I was out at the sandbag line where they were building that wall earlier in the day, the guys were like cheerful and talking about how they all support each other. And they're all East Palo Alto proud. They're born and raised there and they want to protect what they have, right? Um, they did talk about how like, You know, if they move out of East Palo Alto, maybe they couldn't afford to live in the Bay Area. What I'm trying to say is this community cares for each other. And I think as we care for each other around the Bay Area, we'll weather these storms, we'll get through climate change. But it really takes like people loving on each other and thinking more than just themselves. Well, Ezra, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you stay cozy and warm in your little corner of San Francisco. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
We've got a bunch of resources for you on how to prepare for the incoming storms and keep safe, including information on where to get sandbags and how to prepare for outages. Check out our show notes for the link to that story. That was Ezra David Romero, a climate reporter for KQED. This 28-minute conversation with Ezra was cut down and edited by producer Maria Eskinka. Aditi Banlamudi scored this one and added all the tape. Thanks as well to KQED reporters Vanessa Roncaño, Mari Bolaños, and Alexis Madrigal for the tape that you heard at the beginning of this episode. The folks you heard were Clito Gonzalez, Phoebe Quo, Jazz Colibri, and Willem Racky. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. Jen Chien is our director of podcasts. Cesar Saldana is our podcast engagement producer. And Holly Kernan is our chief content officer. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you right back here next week. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? America Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 